Let me set your expectation for today. Uh, my key verse will be coming from 1 Samuel 7, verse 12. I'm going to use Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4 to navigate the middle of my sermon. I'm going to begin my teaching, though, by drawing your attention to a fictional um, character uh, from the pages of literature. Um, in Charles Dickens' uh, A Christmas Carol, we encounter Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, um, he's a man um, initially known for his um, cold heart, um, and, and he's pretty stingy. Uh, but in a single night, um, he's confronted with the realities of his past, um, present, and a potential future. Um, and I say a potential future because even though we know that there's a future for us, there are some things that we have to do. So through this confrontation, he experiences a transformation. Now, while Ebenezer Scrooge isn't the same as a biblical figure, the themes of remembrance and change it intersect, they intersect in a fascinating way. In the story, Scrooge's um, encounters with the past, present, and future serve as uh, turning points uh, that lead him to um, set a new course for his life. Now, imagine for a moment if each of us had our own divine encounter with God, a moment when we're confronted with the realities of our past, um, the challenges of our present, and the potential trajectories of our future. Imagine that. Well, we too would have an opportunity to make adjustments um, to how we live. In 1 Samuel 7, verse 12, Samuel sets up a stone of remembrance, and Ebenezer, we sang about that in the song earlier, after a period of repentance and renewal. So as we gather in this last day of the year, our hearts are now filled with expectation and hope. And so 1 Samuel 7, verse 12 invites us to set up our own Ebenezer. And it says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now, the Bible is filled with words that require us to dig a little deeper, dig deep enough to find their meaning. So one of these words is the word Ebenezer. Now, this Hebrew word is rarely used in conversations. In fact, this word is only found three times in the Bible. And all three references are found in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 4 and verse 1, 1 Samuel 5 verse 1, and 1 Samuel 7 verse 12, which we just, just read. Now, what is an Ebenezer? In Hebrew, Ebenezer is, is uh, comprised of two words. Eben means stone, and Ezer means help or helper. So Ebenezer means stone of help. In 1 Samuel 7 verse 12, Ebenezer is described as a place near the city of Aphek, or Aphek. In 1 Samuel 4 verse 1, it says, And the word of, of Samuel came to all Israel. Uh, now Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer. There goes that word. And the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Now the Israelites camped out before battling the Philistines, but the Philistines defeated the Israelites, and the Ark of the Covenant was taken away. 1 Samuel 7 verse 2 tells us that the Ark of the Covenant was taken away for 20 years. And in 1 Samuel 7, the Israelites are now getting ready to fight the Philistines again. But you have to understand that the Israelites were defeated by the Philistines twice before this moment. So you can imagine how deflated they might have felt, knowing that they had fought this, you know, the, these same Philistines, and now they're going to fight them again in a battle that they probably won't win. And if we're honest, and that's how we, we often feel at the end of, a, of any given year. Uh, 
The only reason we desire to make changes is because some things didn't go as planned. Any of you guys here have some things that didn't go as planned this, this year? Yeah. You know, and, and, and so if, we think about those things. And yes, we celebrate things. We celebrate the victories that we've, we've had. But we cannot deny the challenges that we couldn't overcome. Uh, maybe it's the loss of a loved one, or perhaps it's an addiction that you simply can't break. You pray and you pray, and somehow it's still there with you. So a new year is coming, and it demands us to face both these unresolved uh, issues, but also the uncertainties that lie ahead. We don't know what the new year is, is going to offer. So we have to face both these unresolved things and the things to come. That's how Israel felt. They had to face the Philistines again, which seems impossible. And when you've uh, failed enough times, when you've failed enough times, right, you, you, lie, you, you become numb to it. it. Israel became numb to the possibility of divine intervention. When you look at your life and you're like, man, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and I can't overcome it. Eventually you believe, maybe I'm just forced to live with this. Maybe God doesn't hear me when I pray. You might even say, what's the point of trying to overcome this sinful habit or this, you know, this behavior in my life if God won't help? You know, I tried my best to live life the right way, but I fail every time. So Israel, they gave in to idolatry. And it's easy for us to accept failure when success seems impossible. Now, this is where I'm going to shift gears from 1 Samuel 7, 12, and a segue to Colossians 3. Because as we approach this new year, the encouragement of, uh, from Colossians 3 invites us to intentionally set our minds on spiritual truths while reflecting on our past, present, and future in light of our faith. It's an invitation to pause, even today, not just to bid farewell uh, to this old year, 2023, but to discern the divine narrative that's unfolding in our lives. Um, during this season, uh, people often change jobs or change careers, change where they live, and sometimes they you know, change the friends they hang around. So as some people leave our lives, others are introduced into our lives. And now this is uh, a universal transition. It happens everywhere. This is just the norm. In Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4, Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above, emphasizing the spiritual reality of being raised with Christ. Just as Samuel set up a stone to mark a turning point in Israel's history, these verses encourage us to reflect on our spiritual foundation, prioritize uh, our focus on heavenly things, and navigate the intersection of history, 2023, it will be history, you won't have another 2023 after today, but also our destiny, which is 2024 and beyond. So the changing calendar becomes an opportunity for intentional reflection on the past, the present, and the future. Now Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So as we look at our lives in light of these verses, um, we're challenged to retain some things, release some things, but also to remember some things. God has a plan for your life. You guys believe God has a plan for your life? Yeah. Yes, God has a plan for your life. He desires certain things from your life. And guess what? 
He has the right to demand these things from your life because he's God. And so, so there are some things that we must retain. Uh, Colossians 3 verses 1 to 2, the, at least the first part, says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above. Now, in my culture, and it could be the same for you, but in my culture, not just, you know, when I say my culture, I'm not just talking about, you know, my family, because there's something that I did in Jamaica, and I realized that the average American do the same thing as well. So it's not just my home. So you're going to understand why. So in my culture, we often believe that how you start a new year will set the tone for the rest of the year. You guys, that's in your culture as well? Yeah? Okay. See? So that can be a scary thought. Okay, like, what? How we start a new year, set the tone? So we ensure different things like making sure our house is clean, laundry is done, food in the fridge, money in your bank account. You guys ever done it before? It was a scary thought. Like, back in, like listen, when I'm growing up, we would literally open our wallet to say, is there money inside my wallet? Because now it, does, it didn't mean that the money is going to carry through the year. But it's just saying that I want to make sure that every area of my life has something covered. Yeah, don't worry. It's, if it didn't happen to you, at least I know, you know my wife's like, happened to me too. <laughs> but, but as foolish as, and simple as that might sound, this is a tangible expression for a fresh start. Yeah, it, and this is a positive trajectory. The problem is that sometimes on December 31st, you find ourselves doing the same last-minute cleaning rituals year after year, and then the frustration points to this challenge of how do I maintain these practices for an extended period? You know, you begin to wonder that if these cultural practices are unrealistic, then you're now saying, what's the point? And so faith and hope collide with the limitations of our understanding. And so why make these plans for the new year when everything is out of our control? You know, why worry about, you know, doing all these different things if I can only control this part of, of my life? And so, in, in the context of Colossians 3, while the Apostle Paul encourages us to set our minds on the things above, it's important to, to recognize that faith doesn't exempt us from wrestling with aspects of life that seems out of our control. Seeking heavenly things is an acknowledgement that there's a higher perspective and a divine purpose, even in the face of things that seems impossible. Our desires must come from God. Um, earlier, I talked to Grant and he was asking me about, you know, goals for next year and resolutions. And I was like, I'm already living it because I'm prepping that when January 1st comes, I'm going after it. But I also said to him that the reason why I can live this way is because I try my best to live according to God's desires. Yes, there are things that I, I want personally, but I spend so much time th um, towards the end of the year praying into what God desires for my life. And so when I say these are things that I'm, I'm pursuing in the new year, I'm saying I believe this is what God has called me to do. And so over the years, I begin the new year in fasting and prayer, um, but as I'm now, pastoring a church, I have to do most of these things towards the end. I mean, for example, the worship team, they generally want to know what the new series is going to look like, what scripture we're doing to prepare themselves. So I can't just wait until January 1st and say, okay, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. No, I have to be praying to God and seeking here. He said, God, what are you saying to us? And so I would encourage you to do, this, do the same. You know, start to use the end of the year to frame yourself. So when New Year comes around, it's like, you're in a good rhythm, not living yourself aimlessly, right? So, so we must have an awareness of our foundation in Christ. Our foundation in Christ provides 
stability in our faith. Uh, this awareness guides our actions and decisions in how we live. Having this awareness in, in God. God, what do you desire for my life? You're asking God first. So when God tells you, by faith, we can now believe that God is going to bring those things to pass. Because they're not just our words, they're God words. So Colossians 3, verse 1, the first part says, If then you were raised with Christ. This opening phrase invites us to reflect on our identity in Christ. The word if is not a statement of possibility. It's a declaration of a spiritual reality. And so Paul is saying, since you have been raised with Christ. So he's discussing our spiritual position. When Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, every person who placed their faith in him died to the penalty and power of sin. So because of Christ, we have been liberated from the power of sin. So in a spiritual sense, we are dead to sin. This must be our foundation. This is our reality as believers. Our identity is in Christ. So we must have an awareness of this foundation in Christ. So having this knowledge of our identity, we must prioritize our focus. We must make deliberate choices about where our attention and concentration should be directed. Making deliberate choices about where we direct our attention is important for us. It's an important aspect of living out a purposeful and intentional life. Uh, the priority impacts not only our mental and emotional well-being, but also influences our actions and decisions. And so as we look through in that same verse in, in Colossians 3, that latter part says to seek those things which are above. Uh, the verb seek is in the present tense, the imperative mode for those who like English. In other words, we're told to continually seek those things which are above. And the second verse builds on the same thought by telling us to set our minds on the things of God and the things that bring glory to God. Now, what Paul did within this text, um, he provides uh, in the subsequent verses some insights we can find. And I provided some, some for us um, where to pursue, number one, a deeper knowledge of Jesus. We'll find this in Colossians 3 and verse 10. A clean, holy life in Colossians 3, 5 to 9. Godly virtues in Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Holiness in our domestic life, Colossians 3, 18 to 21. Holiness in our social life. I know it's easy for us to say, well, here's my spiritual life and here's my social life. No, no. Paul is saying, however we live, there should be holiness across the board. So holiness in our social life. Colossians 3, 22 to, to chapter 4 and verse 1. Then also an effective prayer life in Colossians 4 and verse 2. But also have a fruitful witness, Colossians 4, verses 3 to 6. Now imagine if this list becomes our blueprint as to how we can live in this upcoming year. Imagine if we you know, chose to, to have this, this life where it's holy, no matter what, when you leave a church service or a connect group or whatever it is, and you go into your secular spaces, you're saying, I can still live a holy life no matter what. What if we use this as a blueprint to say, wherever I go, my life can be holy? What if we choose to have a deeper knowledge of Jesus Christ or even be a fruitful witness, having an effective prayer life? I mean, if we can have these things, don't you believe it's going to be a better year for us? Yes? So as we give our attention to these spiritual uh, values, we can live a holy, God-honoring life. And if we are to govern our lives from a spiritual place, there must be an awareness and willingness to release unfruitful things from our lives. See, you, you can't improve your life without reflecting on the habits, relationships, and the activities that shape how you live. Um, one of the things uh, 
told my wife is that I know I have the tendency to speak fast. And I'm like trying to curve that. But the only reason why I can say that is because I actually listen to myself. I'm like, oh, so when I go through a sermon, I listen to the, you know, the podcast and listen to things that I you know, need to say a little differently. Um, there are things that I know about myself that I have to, you know, just spend some time and reflect on those things, reflect on those habits, reflect on relationships in your life, um, whether there are things that might not be so good for you. If, if it's too toxic, you have to, the only way to know is to spend time reflecting and realizing that this kind of relationship is not healthy. So you spend some time to do that. So preparing for the new year involves a conscious evaluation of what has been fruitful and fulfilling in the past, as well as what you're willing to let go of so to ensure that there's nothing that will hinder the progress or anything that will cause unnecessary stress. Now, anyone likes to live with stress? I, I didn't think so. You know, so you have to evaluate those things and say, if this thing is going to be stressful in my life, I have to release it. See, it's time to um, set intentions for the upcoming year. Create space for new opportunities, personal development, and even positive experiences. So if you've gone through this year and you're like, man, a lot of things weren't as positive as I'd like it to be, they need to say, well, how can I you know, create some positive things in my life? But you can't know these things if you don't spend time to evaluate how your life has been. So it's about approaching this new year with this new mindset of openness to change. You know, so and if you're like, I'm rigid, I like my life the way it is, well, okay, if you like it, that's cool. But I can tell you that there's some things that I need to change in my life. And so I have to approach this new year with an openness to change, but also having a commitment to personal growth and also being proactive. You know, you can't just say, Lord, just change me. You say, Lord, change me, but I know some of the things that I need to, be, need to change in my life. So you can't just, be, you know, just go blind to it. So if there are things that are not fruitful in your life, you're saying, God, this thing is not fruitful. I know it's not. And I'm praying that you, can, that you will change me this year. Being proactive to start setting aside or removing those clutter. Now, in, in verse 2, it talks about you know, that we should not have our minds set on things on the earth. Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. So just as we assess and release unnecessary items to declutter our physical space, the Apostle Paul urges us to declutter our minds. You know, uh, it's one of the things that, you know, my wife often talk about. She's like, I need to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to, to if, you know, like if, if you've gone to on the, on the bar, like I don't take the bar, but sometimes she's like, I was in the bar and I heard all kinds of crazy stuff in the bar. It's just like, I have to, re, you know, to declutter my mind. So, and so she'll have her, whether it's a podcast going or, you know, some music. And so, she, and so sometimes, you know, some things are in your head space. You're like, I need to declutter it. You, you, you guys have pr problems like holding things in your mind that shouldn't be there? <laughs> yeah. I see you know, my, you know, my wife, for her, it's music. You know, she, my, my wife has a gift where she can just walk into a place and she can hear the music and she can just like know the intonation in just a matter of seconds. Maybe some of you, that's how you do it. Like you, you hear a song, you're like, well, if I hear it the first time, then I'll know it the next time around. I mean, is that what we do anyway with, with worship songs? When Peter comes with a new worship song, you, you know, sing it through the first time, they'll get it the next time, right? But sometimes it goes away. But some of you have the gift of retention. I don't. <laughs> Something comes to my mind, and it's gone right away. Like, I, sometimes I'm sitting there, and my wife's like, do you hear that? And I'm like, no, I wasn't paying attention. She's like, how do you not pay attention? You're right there. Or she might ask me, are you hot? I'm like, no, I'm not thinking about it. She's like, that makes no sense. <laughs> but for me, it's just how it is for me. I, I'm not wired that way to have things there. But, but for some of us, we have to release certain things. So as we assess and release things that, you know, in our physical space, we have to also declutter our minds. 
Um, so a, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, we're changing out our storage units because um, we have a unit um, with some things that came in our apartments. And so as we're sorting through this stuff, we saw some things that was evident that we just had to get rid of it. And it just, because you know, after a while you're like, I'm going to use this thing. Then three months later, I'm going to use this thing. And then a year later, it's still inside the closet, right? In the storage. You're like, okay, this thing has to go. So this physical process mirrors the spiritual reality of our lives. And just as we retain important items, there are aspects of things that we must release. As Christians and, and as we are entering this new year with hope and, and anticipation, um, there are things that can distract us from, what we're, from where God is taking us. And so I have a few considerations for us, that things that can distract us. Number one is distractions from spiritual disciplines. One of the biggest distractions is overcommitment. So overcommitment to various uh, personal, professional, or even academic responsibilities can lead to neglect of spiritual disciplines. You know, it's easy for us to say, but this is a good thing. Uh, we have to recognize, you know, when we're overcommitting to different things. It's like someone who desires to increase their personal devotion, but they'll suggest that they don't have enough time, and yet they take on a new hobby. You know, it's like you're overcommitting. You're like, oh, I don't have enough time. I wish I had enough time. And you're like, but you just took this on over here. Like, how do you not have enough time when you do this over here? So overcommitment often reveal our lack of prioritization. See, as this new year begins with resolutions and goal settings, spiritual disciplines may not always be a priority in our lives. And the lack of intentional prioritization can result in these you know, spiritual practices being pushed to the side. And so maintaining a consistent practice of prayer and Bible study and reflection is foundation for us to grow in our faith. Uh, so these disciplines can provide a pathway for us to have a deeper communion with God. And so that's what we need in our lives. So become aware of the things that can distract you from spiritual disciplines. And maybe some of those things actually played a part in you not accomplishing things in um, this past year. The next thing is worldly priorities. Uh, the secular uh, celebrations and societal expectations uh, that comes with any new year can actually move us away from eternal priorities. Because in a culture that's often driven by consumerism and even the pursuit of material wealth, Christians can find themselves um, tempted to prioritize material possessions. Um, none of us are exempt from the temptation. You know, we might not all yield to it, but we're all tempted with the things that society presents to us. The desire for more possessions, wealth, or even status can distract us from the principles of things like humility, contentment, or selfless service. For example, um, societal norms regarding success, relationships, and personal identity may clash with Christian values that's requiring us to navigate these pressures with steadfast commitments to biblical principles. So to, to counteract these potential distractions, we can simplify our lives and practice contentment and have a stewardship mindset rather than an ownership mindset. If we look and believe that the things that we have that God is giving us these things to steward, then it helps in how we live. Because if we keep living like, I own this, then we're going to always want to own more of whatever this is. But if we realize that God is blessing us to be stewards of these resources, then we're going to always look and say, God, how can I bless or be of an asset to your kingdom? So having a stewardship mindset you know, towards the things that we have. And so... We need to align these ambitions with God's purposes and being mindful of the pressures around us. The next thing is residual baggage from the past year. See, holidays have the tendency 
to mask the real issues in our lives. Going through the holidays, looking forward to it, time off from the, the things that we've been doing. So looking forward to hang with family and friends and, and the parties, all the different things you're looking forward to. And you're looking forward to this excitement and it masks the real issues that we might have in our lives. And so when all the excitement fades, we're left with unresolved issues, maybe regrets or lingering challenges from this past year. Any of you guys have any lingering challenges from this past year? Lingering stuff? Yeah, yeah. some lingering challenges. And so when we get around the holidays, you know, yes, you might want to breathe and not think about it, but not thinking about it doesn't mean it's not there. So when it's over, you got to come face to face with it. And so when all these excitement fades, when you used all the holiday scenes to stay up late, over and over, you're like, man, i got to go back to work. Like, uh, I did something that I hadn't done for about 14 years. I was playing Xbox, playing Madden. And I did an entire season. Like, I literally went to the franchise mode and had my team, and I played every game. I didn't do the, you know, the, uh, what do you call that stuff? Um, yes, I didn't do the simulation, no. I played every game, and, you know, and of, of course I chose the Patriots, you know, and I had Cam Newton on my team, and, and he won the MVP award. I went through it all, you know, and we went, you know, I redeemed the Patriots. We had a 17-0 season, so I redeemed them. Won all 17 games. I mean, I had running back, had 30 rushing touchdowns for the season. I mean, we're going at it. I'm telling you, I sat there and I played every game and I was like, man. And if you've played those games, like six minutes per quarter, and it's four quarters, you know. And of course, we include time much for the teams. It's, it's even longer. And I played those games, going to the playoffs, all this stuff. And I was, then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Back to reality. Gotta get, I, I, I can't do this every day. But, you know, but, you know, so that's what happens. There are things that we do, we experience the moment, but then life is waiting for us. And you have to get back to it. And yes, it was a good moment after not playing for 14 years. Nice, great moment. They're like, oh, I still got it. And they're like, I got things to do. <laughs> I can't do this every day. I don't care if it's two hours. No, I can't do this. Every day. I got stuff to do. So, we, we, so as we're going through the, in, in this new year, we look and say there's stuff that we didn't deal with that we have to now, we have to release and surrender these burdens to God so we can have this fresh start. But, but I, I have some residual baggage that you might have had this past year. Uh, I, I know I, I, can, I have, you know, some, um, but for, for example, emotional weight. Unresolved issues and regrets can carry emotional weight, you know, creating this burden for us. There's an emotional toll of carrying, you know, whether it's past hurts or disappointments or even mistakes that impede our ability to experience the joy and peace that comes with a relationship with God. So as we're moving into the new year, we're often, you know, we often struggle because of the emotional weight of the current year. Oh, we must release those things to God. Also, hindered spiritual growth. When we are preoccupied with unresolved issues, our focus shifts from the transformative work of the Holy Spirit to the challenges of the past. So instead of being immersed in the present and, and looking forward to what God is going to do our lives, in our lives, we become preoccupied with challenges from the past. And then these, you know, these challenges, they become this dead weight in our lives. And it hinders the development that should happen in our lives. But by releasing these burdens, we open ourselves to continuous um, work of the Holy Spirit, developing spiritual growth, and developing our reliance on God's guidance. 
Now, how about this one? Strained relationships. The inability to even forgive or pursue reconciliation doesn't just affect our relationship with God. It extends to our relationship with others. So maybe it's bitterness or resentment, and these become barriers, and it stops the flow of love and grace in our interactions. But again, we can release these burdens to God, not only for personal healing, but also for healthy and genuine relationships in our lives. Amen? How about hindered prayer life? Rather than approaching God with an open heart and ready to receive his guidance and comfort, we find ourselves um, hesitant or burdened by the feelings of guilt. You know, you know they, the weight of unresolved issues. It impacts our prayer life. I don't know about you, but there are times when there are things that's weighing on my mind. I can't pray the way that I'd like. I didn't say I don't pray, but there's a certain way that I enjoy praying to God. And when there are a lot of things that's happening in my life that's not healthy, it impacts how I pray. And so you have to constantly say, God, how can I release these things so my prayer life doesn't get hindered? You know, it's, 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 listen, I'm not exempt from what I'm, what I'm saying to you. You know, so we, so we have to constantly say, God, help me. Because there's a certain way. I mean, you know what it feels like when you're saying, oh, man, I'd love to get to this place. Something happened that interfered with, with what that place was. And you're saying, how do I get back to that place? So, again, surrendering these things, it creates space for God to intervene and help us to have this intimate relationship with God in prayer. And this other one, rob present moments. You, you, you know, you, issues in your life can't allow you to, to embody or to experience the present moment, living in the now. Persistently dwelling on the past, it steals the richness of the present moment. You know, there, you know you're, you're constantly thinking about, but I remember, yeah, 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 but why can't you just experience and enjoy the right now moment. Constantly thinking about the past. We have to release the baggage that can hinder us from experiencing or enjoying the right now. So by unburdening ourselves from the weight of past concerns, we can now position our lives to have this greater mindfulness um, to what God is doing in our lives. Now, how do we practically release and surrender these things? Well, Releasing and surrendering past burdens to God is an act of faith and trust. See, it acknowledges God's sovereignty, wisdom, and ability to redeem even the most challenging circumstances. It allows us to experience freedom and renewal from God's, you know, from, from God's forgiveness and grace. So yes, so there's releasing and surrendering past burdens to God is an act of faith faith, and trust. We have to both believe that God will do it and trust him to do it. We can't just say, God, I believe you can do it, and then we, and then we try to micromanage God. Have faith in God and trust that he's going to do it. So here are some steps to release and surrender our 2023 baggage. Number one, reflection and acknowledgement. So we're reflecting on the past year, acknowledging areas of struggle, regret, or unresolved issues. So the first thing is to reflect and acknowledge this year, saying, yes, these things happened this past year. And here are some struggles that I've had. You're reflecting on those things. Now, as you reflect on those things, and there's prayerful surrenderance, bring these concerns to God in prayer, Surrendering them with humility and trust. So you're saying, God, here's my struggle. Here are my regrets. Here are my unresolved things. And now as you have these things that you've just looked at, you're saying, God, 
Now I'm going to give it over to you in prayer. Now, now don't pretend like you don't have any struggles now. You can't say this, oh, this, uh, 2023, oh, it was a great year. I can't wait for next year. You're honest with yourself and saying, no, you know what? Here's some areas in which I messed up. I said, now, God, I'm going to bring this to you because I don't want to go through this next year. Then there's also forgiveness. Extend forgiveness to yourself and others, recognizing that forgiveness is a key component of releasing burdens. So it's not just about forgiving others. You have to forgive yourselves. So if, you're just, if you've given over these things to God, your struggles, your regrets, your mistakes, and you're saying, God, here's everything, and you're praying about those things, and God is forgiving you, you have to forgive yourself. That's a part of trusting God with all that he's doing. So if you're giving God these things, you can't say, God, forgive me, help me, help me with these things, and then I say, oh, man, I'm struggling with this stuff. Well, hold on for a second. I thought you just gave this thing over to God. If you give it over to God, then you have to now say, God, help me to live forward and not just look at the past. And also, seeking guidance. If needed, seek guidance from mentors or, you know, trusted people in your life or fellow believers to help you navigate specific things. So, and then again, we've seen these things, we've we reflected some things, we released some things, but there are some things that must be remembered. That's what we said, we see in Colossians 3, 34. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I mentioned to you earlier about having the storage. And as we cleaned uh, the storage that we had, there was this picture that Brenton drew um, several years ago before we even moved from Florida. We live in Florida, he was. And I took a snapshot of this picture, and, and I sent a picture uh, you know, in, our, in our group chat. No, no, not on Messenger, our text group chat. <laughs> Let me clarify that. <laughs> but, but I sent a picture of that because it brought back a lot of memories. Um, Brenton, he drew this picture um, when he was in high school ministry. And we were having a competition where all the Son of God churches um, nationally um, were there. So he submitted um, his picture, and he actually came in the top three. And that is one of the pictures that he had going through. Now he's slowly trying to start, you know, draw again and buying all kinds of pencils and making different creative stuff. But this picture was, was there. We, and so now in this chat, my wife's like, did we say we're going to frame this? What are we going to? So this, I mean, so when you go and you see these things, some things you remember, and so this picture brought us down memory lane, you know. But I also saw our old vision boards in there, and I reflected on what we accomplished from the vision board. You guys do a vision board? Do you guys do vision boards? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We we do vision boards every so often, and we go back and see things sometimes a year later or even beyond, and say, man, we actually accomplished these things. You know, it, it gives a chance to see that God spoke to us and he directed a path, but also some things that we're dreaming about. So going in and we see some things that we could remember. So not all the things that we experienced in this past year were releasing. There are some good moments, and you want to remember those moments. Reflect on those moments and how God allow you to experience. It's a good opportunity for us to pause, reflect, and be reminded of the blessings of God. Now, how does Colossians 3, 1 to 4, and 1 Samuel 7, 12 relate to each other? Probably saying, man, you were so far away. Well, the thematic similarities are important for us. For example, it talks about in 1 Samuel 7, 12 about the stone of remembrance. Both passages involves the setting up of a symbolic marker. In Colossians, it's the idea of setting our minds on things above as an indicator of our identity in Christ. But in 1 Samuel, Samuel sets up a stone, Ebenezer, as a tangible reminder of God's help and faithfulness. Then there we see these, there's the spiritual renewal and commitment. 
in Colossians, it encourages us to seek heavenly things, emphasizing a commitment to a renewed Christ-centered life. In 1 Samuel 7, there's a call to repentance and commitment as the people put away their idols and commit to the worship of God. We also find this intersection of history and future. In Colossians, it speaks of the believer being hidden with Christ in God and anticipating the future glory. In 1 Samuel 7:12, it marks a point in Israel's history where they acknowledge God's help, signifying a connection between the past events and the hope. I spoke about the fact that they were already defeated by the Philistines before. So there's this marker. And there's also the acknowledging God's intervention. Both passages involve acknowledging God's role in the lives of his people. In Colossians, it's acknowledging the transformative work of Christ. In 1 Samuel, it's the acknowledgement of God's help and intervention in the face of challenges. Now we find these, there's a setting of priorities. Colossians 3 urges believers to set their minds on things above, emphasizing the priority of heavenly perspective. In 1 Samuel 7, there's a call to turn away from foreign gods, emphasizing the importance of prioritizing worship and devotion. In 1 Samuel, the people responded by putting away their idols and committing to a life of worship. So as the Israelites gathered at Mizpah, the Philistines became aware of the assembly, and they saw this as an opportunity to attack. As we approach this new year, we must be vigilant because Satan is on the prowl seeking to catch us off guard and disrupt our relationship with God. All the things that we're planning to do in this new year, we have to be vigilant. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. The adversary of the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So as we prepare for the challenges and opportunities ahead, let us stand firm in our commitment to God, aware of the spiritual battles that we'll face with repentant hearts and dedication to worship, just as the Israelites we can fortify ourselves against the schemes of the enemy. We are better equipped to face the challenges ahead when we are grounded in our faith, anchored in prayer, and actively engaged in spiritual disciplines. See, in 1 Samuel 7, which I didn't read, verses 7 to 11, the Philistines, they advanced against Israel. You know, they're they're coming to them because they saw the people gathering. So the Philistines said, oh, they're gathering. Perfect opportunity to attack them. Samuel offered burnt offering, and he cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf. And it tells us that once his prayers were answered, the Philistines were defeated, the land was restored to the Israelites, and there was peace between the Israelites and the and the Amorites. All these blessings deserved an act of remembrance. First Samuel 7 verse 12, I read again. Then Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer becomes the name of an altar. The purpose of Samuel's altar was to remind the Israelites of what God had done for them. In a time when God had removed his presence from Israel, they had experienced defeat, and they needed a visual reminder. This was Samuel's way of thanking the God of Israel. Um, Peter can come forward. As we reflect on this passing year, um, with the joys and the trials, and maybe the victories and even some defeats. Can, like Samuel, can we set up our own Ebenezer? Can we carve out a moment even tonight 
to acknowledge how God has helped us this year. So the Israelites set up the stone after a period of repentance and renewal. After experiencing this tangible prince of God, it marked a turning point, a memorial not just of the past struggles, but of God's continuous guidance and grace. In our lives, we too have our Ebenezer, markers of God's faithfulness that, that we've seen throughout even the seasons of uncertainty. So let us not rush past our Ebenezer's. Let's take a moment to reflect on these things and thank God for the stones of remembrance. Now, I want you just to spend this, just a few seconds, maybe 10 seconds or so, just to write down one moment that you would say is a tangible marker of God's grace over your life. Think about one thing that can say, this is an area where God has helped me. Just think about that. And then they'll put some questions on the screen that you can just take a snapshot of. Just think about what are the things in your life that need to be retained? And how can you adjust your focus to retain those things? And maybe you have to think about what are things in your life that need to be released? And how can you find the courage to release those things? But also, what are the things in your life that need to be remembered? Do you need to take a trip down memory lane and just nail a few things down today? Think about those things. Now, of course, I would find it fitting for us to also uh, partake in communion this last, you know, you know this 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 uh, last day of the year. And so, what we'll do, we'll we'll, we'll they'll pass the communion down to you. Because I want you to spend this moment just reflecting on how God has been good in your life. Think about those moments. Let me pray first for our sermon before we go to communion. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your reminder as we prepare for this uh, new season of our lives. I pray God that you'll just be with us. Pray, God, that you continue to help us to see the things that we've struggled with, but also to release some things from our lives, but also remember things that you've blessed us with. I pray, God, for anyone who's not a, a Christian today, that they will understand that you're a God that forgives sins. So I pray, God, that they open their hearts to receive your forgiveness even now. Forgive them from, from their sins, Lord. They can trust and serve you. And I pray, God, for all of us here who continue to serve you in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So this last year, I want you to